Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Talking in Circles. I am Clayton Caldwell with Philip Matthew here tonight. As we bring you Talking in Circles, we're going to review the weekend that was at Kentucky Speedway. It was an interesting weekend, to say the least. A lot of firsts. The first Truck Series win for Sheldon Creed. The first wins on Oval for Austin Cindric on Thursday and Friday. And the first Cup Series win for Cole Custer. Yes, I can't believe we're saying this, but Cole Custer, one of the more shocking victories in, in recent memory here in, NAS, in the NASCAR Cup Series. He goes to victory lane, locks himself into the playoffs, locks himself into the All-Star Race on Wednesday as well. Plus, we'll, we'll preview the All-Star Race the first time since 1986 that the All-Star Race will not be at Charlotte Motor Speedway. We'll discuss that in the, in the format as well. Anything you want to talk about, we're here for you tonight. 917-889-8280. That is the number to call here tonight on Talking in Circles. But first, let me get to this point here. And, Philip, I know this one's going to be close to your heart, but today is 27 years ago that we lost the great Davey Allison. And uh, we could do a whole show and more on, on just how the sport, I believe, has changed since because of the death of Davey Allison um, and what would have happened had he stayed alive and all the speculation there um and, and really the, the sad part was he had two young kids and you know it greatly impacted their lives it greatly impacted his wife's lives and life and um just a really really sad day here we don't want to forget that as we talk about racing and we continue to this, to do our podcast here we don't want to forget the people who helped build this sport into what it is today and Davey Allison certainly was um that guy so 27 years ago today uh Davey Allison passed away from injury sustained in a helicopter accident uh, on really what was the 12th of, of July of 1993. So I uh, just wanted to kind of get that in there here before we preview the race from the races from Kentucky Speedway. Um, it was, Philip, a weekend that saw four races in the cup side of things at Kentucky Speedway, in the NASCAR side of things, excuse me, at the Kentucky Speedway. Uh, the cup series ran, of course, on Sunday, and Cole Custer went to victory lane, one of the more shocking victories in recent memory, a late race, a couple of late, late race restarts, and Custer uh, was able to really work his way around some traffic. He definitely got sort of lucky in a way because he didn't get hit. There was a lot of contact on these restarts. Made it four wide, went on the outside, and give him credit. When the moment was out there to take it, he went and took it, and it was a really, really um, a, a huge win for his career, a huge win for Stuart Haas, a huge win for uh, Mike Shiplett and that 41 team, a big win for Cole Custer on Sunday. What were your thoughts when you saw Cole Custer cross the finish line and take the checkered flag first, Philip? It was freaking shocking. It was freaking insane is what I, I was saying. I, the, I mean, you had Ryan Blaney going and hitting a pothole. We knew they had potholes in racetracks. He hit a pothole and went and I, – I thought potholes only existed in the Northeast, like where we live. But um, he goes and launches into Kevin Harvick. You had Martin Truex go and he didn't clear, uh, uh, or he try he didn't, he didn't clear Kevin Harvick and turns him, and then they start getting into it. It's freaking Cole Custer a week ago hadn't had a top five in his career, and now he's got two top fives in a row and a win, and 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 goes from relative anonymity outside the top 20 in points to all-star race going into the play. got a, got the playoff uh, berth no matter what and 
more than likely, um, unless Tyler Reddick or Chris Bell uh, win here during the rest of the season, I, I have a, before the playoff maybe even, uh, probably has won the Rookie of the Year too. So, I mean, it was just an insane deal. Didn't expect it. We talked about it yesterday. It made no sense. Uh, the rules, the 550 rules package is meant for two laps after a restart. And, uh, you know, Jeff Gluck's poll, 51% said it was a good race. I don't know what race they were watching for 265 laps um, or for most of the laps that took place this whole entire weekend. But, hey, Cole Custer went and won. God bless him. And, and for Stuart Haas. For Gene Haas, yeah. because uh, Joe Custer has been there and um, has been his right-hand guy for all these years. His son has been funded by Gene Haas for all these years. For him to come through, that 41 team has generally been on the back foot ever since they've been in, in the series, even with Kurt Busch in it. Um, so, hey, uh, credit to him. First rookie uh, win and since, I think, you know, something like 2011, or well, Chris Busher, but and and won. Uh, but I think the last actual like rookie that won in a full race was like Trevor Bain when he won the Daytona 500. So it's been a long time. So it's definitely shocking. yeah, it has. It was shocking, and and you bring up a good point there. We don't see it nowadays. You know, we used to see a lot more frequently. Everybody remembers when Tony Stewart came in 1999, won three races. And he really did that towards the end of the year. Davey Allison won a couple in his rookie year in 87. Um, but you don't really see rookies sort of take off and win races in their first year. Denny Hamlin did a couple at Pocono in 06. But, you know, that was really that was really it. And the last rookie of the year contender, actually rookie of the year contender to win in the Cup Series was Juan Pablo Montoya in 2007, which is shocking. Um, so it just shows you the kind of what we are expecting. And, and you know, think about the guys who don't have – a win yet that are young guys, William Byron, for example, you know, a guy who came in with a lot of hype into the cup series and everybody's sort of waiting for him to, to, to win some races. He hasn't done that yet. And it's not a big deal. You know, it took Kyle Larson a while to win some races in the cup series. Uh, Chase Elliott, a couple of years to win some races in the cup series. And, and yet Cole Custer goes out and does it, you know, uh, 17 races into his cup career. It's, it's, it was surprising to say the least. And, you know, again, there's no doubt this package this Sunday and this entire weekend at, at Kentucky um, was certainly – there was a lot to be desired as far as racing was concerned. I thought this package was awful. I thought uh, Thursday and Friday were rough to watch. I thought Saturday was a little bit better for the truck series, but not much. Um, and then Sunday wasn't much better at all. And I just think with the PJ1 and the way K- Kentucky runs, um, there was a lot to be desired. But that shouldn't take away from Cole Custer and, and yes – if this is a different rule package, there's no question. He probably doesn't win this race, but it's reality is this is this rule package. And he went out there and, and made an aggressive move on that restart and did a great job to get his victory. So congratulations to him. Mark Tricks Jr. was second. Matt DiBenedetto, a strong run in third. Kevin Harvick fourth. Kurt Busch fifth. And I think, Philip, this is something we've seen here recently. Um, you know, we, we were talking for about a year and a half about how it seemed like Stuart Haas racing was – Kevin Harvick, and then there was everybody else. Well, that hasn't really seemed to be the case lately. We've seen Eric Amarola really pick it up here lately. You talked about Cole Custer. He had top five last week. He wins this weekend. Amarola leads 128 laps on Sunday. Clint Boyer had a decent run um, 
is this something that Stuart Haas is finding themselves here, you think? Is it something with Ford, with, with the horsepower that they have? What do you think is the, is the reasoning for why it seems like Stuart Haas and really Ford in general now sort of has a stranglehold over even Toyota and uh, and Chevrolet at this point? Chevrolet really got off to a good start early, but they've kind of fizzled out here. Toyota's got Denny Hamlin, and then it's, he seems like everybody else is a step behind him. Kyle Busch we'll get to in a little bit. But what do you think it is with these Ford teams now? Are they starting to find some things, get in a rhythm? What are your thoughts? I think, I mean, it's all good points you brought up, Clay. And the fact is, you strengthen numbers. I mean, Toyota definitely doesn't have numbers. It's more um, uh, qual- what they would, you would say, quality over quantity um, due to Gibbs and whatever. That's a different story. In terms of Ford, you have two big-time teams and Stuart Haas and also Penske with a lot of big, big-time hitters there. And Harvick has been there and been doing this no matter what the manufacturer would steward off ever since he showed up. Uh, the Mustang body, once they brought it in, I believe last year was a lot of R&D having to go through stuff, the 550 package, trying to figure things out. Stuart Haas was struggling. We were on the show saying, what's going on? What's up with Kevin Harvick? When is this going to turn around? What's the deal? They had had a dom- very good a really good 2018, and then 2019, they had an off year. Penske didn't have a great year, per se, last year. But now all three Penske cars have won. In the case of uh, Keselowski, won one stage yesterday at a track he's won at before. Blaney was there with a chance to win with a freaking broken shifter. He was driving around with one hand. Uh, at that track, which tells you how great the package is. Um, I think with Ford, the the, the body has been uh, the best thing that's happened. The new the new Mustang body has really worked out well with these rules and all. The horsepower has never been an issue with Roush Yates. Doug Yates knows how to make horsepower. He learned it from his dad. Jack Roush will never forget how to make horsepower. He's been doing it for decades. Um, but I think the strength is really in the numbers and the kind of people you have. And what Kevin Harvick's been doing for a long time is finally trickling down. Cole Custer listens to him. He goes to him all the time, gets advice. And him and Shiplet have figured things out or starting to figure things out. And confidence is a big key. And that's what Harvick said at Indy. And then all these other people on TV have said it. I think for Cole Custer – uh, for him to take off like he in this last two weeks, this could get him going for the rest of the season. This could be a big deal for him. Uh, Eric Almarola never finished top five. He had five top fives in a row. He never had more than four in his whole in any season in his entire career. Him and Mike Bogoravich are hitting it off really well, and he kind of saved his career. So, I mean, the the Ford teams are on the upswing. The Toyota teams were way ahead last year, and they've taken a step backward, but I don't think they're going away. The Chevy teams have to worry because they're not as strong anyway. Um, you know, it, it's it, when you have the kind of championship-level talent that Ford has, it's hard to, to, to go against them. Uh, in general, but I think they've taken advantage of the no practice. That's another thing I was going to say. No practice has been a big key. I think 
the R&D and their sim work and the engineering that the Ford teams have has definitely played a key role in terms of the car chiefs and what they're doing away from the racetrack to be ready off the off the truck to be fast. And that's a big deal mm-hmm. because Matt Benedetto has never sniffed some of the finishes that he's been having. And all of a sudden, he's a, he's a factor to make the playoffs and possibly make a couple of rounds. So, yeah. and it, it all, it's all a whole bunch of things are working out right now for Ford. And I think it's going to continue as long as we don't have practice and they're just drawn for qualifying. Yeah, you talked about um, Mike Bugaravich and Erica Marola. Earlier in the year, I did a thing on the crew chiefs and who I thought could be in hot water. And I put Bugaravich on that list. You know, that was about, I think, right before Martinsville or right after Atlanta. And Amarol was sitting 11th, 14th in the standings, and I'm going, oof, you know, uh, that's not very good. But since then, he's moved up to eighth. He's had a really, really strong race cars, and they, they deserve a lot of credit. They've really turned it around, the four teams. And, and you know, and contrary to that, Spencer Cowan joins us, and contrary to that are the Chevrolet teams. And their lack of speed, I guess you could say, you know, Alex Bowman's the guy I'm going to point to. After Darlington, he was second in the standings. And right now, Bowman sits ninth. And he's really fallen off. He hasn't really let a lot of laps. I mean, there was talk earlier in the year that Alex Bowman was going to be a championship contender. Those talks have quietly been silenced here. And even Chase Elliott, you know, we saw Chase Elliott really performing well early in the year and even early after the pandemic. Uh, But it doesn't seem like that's the case anymore for – Chase Elliott, you know, he's been okay. He's been probably the best Chevrolet car, but it just seems like right now, Hendrick, whatever speed they had early in the year, Spencer, is no longer there, and they're struggling right now. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that speed is definitely kind of uh, scooted out of the front doors of Hendrick here lately. Um, you know, and it's not just that Ford's running so good making the Chevys and Toyotas look bad. Uh, you can definitely tell they've lost speed. I mean, Chase Elliott was up front leading laps, um, was a threat to win really every race there for, uh, you know, a handful of races. Um, that He went on a streak of running up front and con- competing. And, you know, I said on the show, you know, probably a month ago, um, you know, that Chase Elliott looks like he could be, a, you know, a threat to win the championship and uh, make it to the Final Four. And I wouldn't even put him in the final four right now uh, just because, you know, want, you got to put the four and the 11 in there. I think Blaney's running really well. Um, so I wouldn't even, you know, and it's kind of a toss up between the four who you could actually put in there, but I wouldn't put Chase Elliott in there. Um, you know, Alex Bowman was running really, really well uh, in the beginning of the year. And then when we came back, um, he was running really good. So they had a lot of speed. Uh, and then, you know, it's just they've kind of lost it uh, here in the last, I would say, month. Um, you know, ever since it, ever since Chase kind of stopped racing the trucks, is that's kind of when his speed and the cup side, not that that has anything to do with it, but that's about the time that you really noticed that he wasn't running up front. Because when he was running the trucks, he went out and won Charlotte, and then, you know, he was winning a, uh, up there to win um, a few other races late in the races and had a lot of speed and 48 hasn't been where it's been. Um, yeah, he was up front at the end of the race on Sunday. Unfortunately, got turned around, but they're just not up front all day uh, leading laps like they should. And you mentioned how you can go from second to ninth in the points real quick. 
you know, you can lose, you know, you can, you can drop a couple spots in one race, depending on how the guys uh, behind you do. So, I mean, you go on a month to five weeks of not really with a lot of speed, you can lose a lot of spots and really find yourself in a big hole. And, you know, if you, you know, you find a Chevy team that's right on, you know, that's in the playoffs, but, you know, can't really afford to mess up. Well, you mess up, you can be out of the playoffs real quick. And that's definitely, you know, these teams start in February at the Daytona 500. And that's their goal from when the green flag drops there to um, when the, when we hit the playoffs is that's their goal to make the playoffs. And um, there's really, I mean, you have to pretty much be on your game every single week if you don't have a win Um, because you can't afford to, you know, not run well. I mean, you can lose a ton of spots and get yourself in a very, very bad position. Um, Yeah, if you have a win, okay, you have a bad race, you're locked in anyways. But if you don't, you really have to hit on all nine cylinders uh, week in and week out and have a lot of momentum. And Chevy has lost that. And, you know, if, you know, those Chevy teams that are on the bottom, Dylan, you know, he's still running okay. Um, he, you know, he's run, having a good year. So it's not every Chevy, but majority of that Hendrick group has really faded, and um, they need to go back in their book and find out what they had in the beginning of the year. Well, even Tyler Reddick, we haven't really seen him as strong as he was. You know, I think Homestead was the last time we really seen him running the top ten. So it, it, he's been a little bit behind here lately. But, you know, that's not the biggest story of this season so far guys there's a driver who's won the last five seasons he's won 27 races and so far through 17 races here in 2020 kyle bush is winless so i'm going to just come out and ask you right straight up philip what the hell is wrong with kyle bush (laughs) i don't know is he's a this is a clean podcast. I could probably go off and say some really effed up things, but what's going on? Uh, the, he's had some good runs and hasn't, he's been up front and hasn't been able to finish him off. You know, you, you look at Darlington way back when, when it rained uh, conveniently there at the end there and, and gave Denny Hamlin that win. I think he was second. That was when he wrecked uh, Chase Elliott. You know, late in that deal, uh, when Chase had the best car, we were talking about Chevy just now, Spencer was. Uh, I mean, he was up front there. He The the news and the narrative that they want to have uh, is ch- that the Joe Gibbs cars, minus Denny Hamlin, obviously, really need practice, seemingly. Uh, though, really, I think it's Kyle Busch because Martin Truex, it doesn't matter who his crew chief is, he fails inspection 8,000 times goes to the back and runs up front and usually wins. He sh- probably should have yesterday, but um, he's won a race and he probably could have won more than the one race. Denny Hamlin's looking just like what he did last year with Gabe Hart, ready to go and choke when it counts. Kyle Busch, I think what was it? they had the stat that he's only won one race in the last 36. And that was Homestead, and that took that was because Denny Hamlin and Martin Drex both spit the bit. I think, me personally, I think that they're going to be fine, and they're just going to show up in the playoff. Like I feel like he's figured out ways to win championships in interesting ways, and people question the 15 championship because of his, uh, you know, being injured, missing all those races. 
and they invalidated that. Then last year he goes and dominates, wins the regular season points, then disappears during the entire playoff, rides the points all the way to Homestead and halfway through the Homestead race and wins. Now he's going to go and do like Tony Stewart 2011 and just basically be nowhere. And then when the playoffs show up, all of a sudden Kyle Busch is going to be Kyle Busch again. Uh, I kind of feel like that's what's going to happen. There's a cynic in me, but who knows? Maybe there's something really Mm -hmm. wrong, but I don't think they're going to make a change because Adam Stevens is the best thing that's ever happened other than Samantha the best thing that's ever happened to Kyle Busch is Adam Stevens. They're not going to make a change there. They may have to make some other adjustments. Um, I think he's going to be fine with Kyle Busch. Guys won eight trillion races. NASCAR can't live without him winning. I figure they'll they'll figure out a way. Well, and and here's the thing I'm I would be concerned about the most if I was a Kyle Busch fan. It's just right now, you know, and and you're right. He did kind of. Uh, you know, get his way through the playoffs, not running that the best he was last year, but he did that because he had such a strong regular season. He had a ton of of playoff points. He's not going to have that luxury right now with how he's been running. And, you know, that means he's going to have to really perform well in the playoffs each and every round if he wants to get through. He's not going to have those playoff points to sort of fall back on. And, you know, that to me is, is a big problem if I'm a Kyle Busch fan. And I'll tell you this, guys. Cole Custer's win really puts in a uh, a little bit of a of a wrench here in the playoffs. You know, I know we talked about it last week, and we talked about who was going to miss, um, who we thought was going to make the playoffs. Well, now Austin Dillon is outside. Uh, he's about 25 points behind Jimmy Johnson. T- Tyler Reddick is uh, about uh, 16 points behind Austin Dillon, and then Eric Jones is 17 points behind Austin Dillon. So right now it's getting to a point where these guys seven, 16th on back are going to have to pull off a victory. It's just getting too far back at points. And you wouldn't think that'd be the case because Jimmy Johnson missed a race there uh, at Indianapolis, but that is the case. And, um, you know, it, it really, it, it puts a, a dent in the, in the playoff hunt because it really makes it sort of lackluster because there is going to be nobody sort of getting in on, on their points. It's going to have to be either win or, or miss the playoffs, but, you know, to me, that's the biggest thing. Um, through 17 races, Spencer, I want to get your opinion on this. Then we'll get mine and, and Phillips. Uh, what do you think – who do you think – you know, I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but who do you think has been the most impressive driver so far uh, in 2020? And then we'll go with the most disappointing drivers or teams here in 2020. But who have you been really impressed with so far uh, through 17 races since we're almost halfway through the season? Um, I would probably have to lean towards the, I'd probably have to lean towards the 12, um, just because he, in the beginning of the year, he was so strong. Um, I mean, arguably could have won the first four races of the season. Then we came back. And he wasn't as, but he's really turned it on. Um, he, I think he's been really consistent all year. Um, you know, as far as running up front and contending, um, yeah, he's, you know, he's, uh, wrecked at Bristol, uh, you know, had the tire issue at Fontana running second, but I think overall, you know, he's a guy that you would see, um, he's a, he's a threat to run up front. I feel like, 
every week in and week out and win and compete for a win. Um, I'm not saying he's had the best season, but I think he's been the most consistent in my eyes. Um, you know, you really haven't seen him run in the back. You know, he, I mean, he was good at Martinsville. He's, he's just always up front no matter where you go. And, you know, I think Blaney's a hell of a driver. I think he's a uh, young talent. He's going to be around for a long time. Um, he's in good equipment. Uh, and I, you know, you know, has great sponsors on his side. So everything is really going well for him. Um, I think he really likes being over there at the Penske organization, but I think overall that would be the guy who I would say has been the most, most impressive from February to now, um, is Brian Blaney. Very interesting choice. I'm going to, uh, go to Philip here quick and then we'll go to the disappointments, but, uh, who do you think, Philip? I know it's sort of putting you guys on a spot here, but through 17 races in the Cup Series so far, who have you been most impressed with? There's a, there's a few guys who have really had a couple of wins, and uh, you know, you could also go with Hamlin or, or Harvick, or I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but those two guys have really been the, sort of the class of the field. Uh, who do you think has been most impressive for you? Hey, Spencer, that was a great choice i honestly that when you look at it the where blaney is relative to what blaney has done prior to this year with the crew chief change and all that's gone on at at uh, penske um i think that's a big that's a great uh choice there i'm gonna go and uh i'm gonna say uh, eric almarola and the fact is we could make the argument that this has only been going on for about a month and a half. Um, he was in the playoff without generally without a problem uh, earlier in the season. Yeah, they were struggling. They weren't up there. Uh, we probably talked offline about whether the 10 was kind of in a, in a situation, but Eric Almarola, I mean, once uh, he had a, if he hadn't lost that clean air, Yesterday, I think he would have been able to win that race, and that would have been his first uh, win on a non-plate track. Eric Almirola is a different kind of guy now, all of a sudden. And Mike Bogoravich, um, as a Stewart fan, he he worked with him, and they they were at least on the pace in his final year when Stewart came back from his injury. There were times where they actually were legitimately good. They would take chances, take risks. And it worked, and I think in 18, it worked okay with Boyer. They kind of rode off the Harvick and everybody else within the team. The momentum uh, didn't work out in 19 for that group. But now that combination, Bogoravich is showing uh, his potential and his talent with a driver that's really hungry in Almirola to really go and take that next step. He almost won a truck championship a few years ago, finished third in the Xfinity with Junior almost made the play the final four in his first year with this team. Uh, this is a this is a car. This is a driver that has never shown this kind of uh, talent in a Cup car. This kind of potential in a Cup car. He's a he's a sleeper pick to make the final four right now, and and really sneak up on these guys and make something happen. And I think for that, it, he's the biggest surprise right now, at least uh, so far in 2020. That's a good guess. Uh, that's a good uh, answer to this question. But, listen, I, I think the most impressive to me, I mean, I, you guys left him around the table for me, it's been Kevin Harvick. You know, 
no matter what has been thrown at this team, no matter what has been thrown at him, he's 44 years old, you know, and everybody keeps saying it's a young man's sport. You can't win in your 40s anymore. Well, he's 44, and he's just come out, and he's led the points since Phoenix. Won four races and been arguably the best driver all year. So um, let me tell you something. Harvick, to me, is, is very, very impressive. And he's going to make a 700 start um, at Texas on Sunday. So, listen, he's a threat to win everywhere they go. He's a great race car driver. He's been and, – and it's almost – it's a compliment to him that nobody – mentioned him because it's it, it's expected of this team of this four team it really is it's expected that they go out and just dominate because that's what they've done here the last six years since he's gotten a Stuart Haas so uh it's really and Keelan got his first win in carts this year in this week too which is really cool to see so I think Harvick's the guy now uh I'm going to start with Philip this time since I started with Spencer last time I'm going to go on the other end of the spectrum here Philip um how about most disappointing in the Cup Series? Do you have a guy that you look at and say, I really thought they were going to perform better than what they have um, in the Cup Series this year? Who And who is that guy? I mean, we just talked. Like, we could get real crazy and say Kyle Busch. I mean, but I just kind of no-sold it. I, I feel like he's going to be all right. Um, I, I think – disappointment and we could get it could be a stretch but I I would say and this is going further out because it's not like a contender um well actually all right I think I'm going to go this way I'm going to go Will Byron um you you have a seven-time champion crew chief in Chad Canals one of the great crew chiefs ever um who will probably have to wait 80 years to get in the hall the hall of fame uh, but you you won in every series that you've been in with relative ease. Now, whether that's because of daddy's money or whatever, he he, he should have won a truck championship, got screwed because he blew an engine at one of them races, Kyle Busch uh, TRD engines coming through yet again. Um, but then he won an Xfinity championship relatively easily. Ever since he's come to Cup, he's just not been able to – make something happen. And fundamentally you would, you would rank him. I don't know, before the season, you would assume that he would be above Alex Bowman theoretically in terms of talent, but Bowman this year, at least early in the year was really good and has taken off has become that second driver at, at Hendrick and they gave him an extension. You have to start wondering about William Byron uh, and his long-term uh, future at uh, Hendrick Motorsports, not because there's people behind him in the pipeline, but you have to perform at some point. Um, the thing that he has in his favor is old Clyde took a long time to finally win. Then he starts winning. Everything's all good. But then he also sells a lot of trinkets. Uh, I, I mean, Will Byron has to start winning or else the only good thing he's got going for him is that he's dating Blaney's sister. Uh, that's the that's the one the one piece I, I would say Will Byron is most disappointing that, listen, so far. It, it's it's an interesting choice, but I think it's a good choice. When you look at what William Byron did last year, thirteen top ten finishes, five top fives, he was eleventh in points. You kind of sat there and said that was a pretty good second season, you know, and 
he had Chad Kanash, and you go, okay, he's got a better crew chief. He's got the, probably the best crew chief there, no question, at Hendrick Motorsports. Although people argue Gustafson's up there too. But, I mean, as far as, as championships are concerned, there's nobody better. Uh, in, in track record, there's nobody better than, than Chad Kanaus. He had Darian Grubb's first year. He had Kanaus, and you thought, okay, second year Chad Kanaus, he's really going to show himself, and he hasn't. He's just been eh this year, for lack of a better term. And I, obviously the lack of practice, I think, hurt, hurts the younger guys without experience, so that has hurt Byron this year. There's no question about that. But it, it's also a thing you look at and you say – there's only so many excuses you can have now. You know, it's his third full-time year in Cup. You talked about it. He was great in the truck series. He was tremendous in the Xfinity series and gets the Cup, and he's been eh. So I like that choice a lot, Philip. It wasn't somebody I had on my radar initially, but certainly a, a good choice. Um, how about you, uh, Spencer? You got anybody that you look at and say I expected them to have a little bit better year and they're struggling right now? Yeah. Uh you guys are probably going to be shocked because um, he missed the first four races, but I'm going to go Matt Kenseth. Um, and the only reason I'm saying that is because he is running for points and he is competing for a championship. Um, but that 42 team, ever since Kyle Larson has left, has been god-awful. Um, that car has been junk. It's been out to lunch week in and week out. The only good race he had, I can't even remember what it was. I think it was the second race he was in it. Or the first, I think it was Darlington, he had an okay run. And then uh, Indy. Besides that, from where that car was running with Larson was in it, in the past years that Larson has been in that race car, and then for Matt Kenseth to get in there, the guy that has, uh, I believe, 30-something, high 30 in wins, one championship, and for him to get out there and run um, where he's at, uh, 29th in points, uh, it's sad that Kyle Larson is only behind him 100 points, and he's been out for every single race that we've been back. Um, he's not performing. Um, it's just – it's honestly an embarrassment to the 42 team. Um, and, you know, I would – if I was Matt Kenseth, I would be embarrassed knowing that I am a champion and that I left on um, – and even his last year, he you know, he only had one year. Uh, but you just expect more. Um, you expect more from a guy that is a tremendous race car driver. Uh, you know, you don't win. I believe it's 39 wins or in a championship. You don't win that and not know what you're doing. Um, as much as people want to say he's not used to the race cars, you've had enough time. You really have. You've had enough time to get used to these race cars. You've been doing this your whole life. Uh, you should know what you're doing. And for him to get in that race car, race team, have the sponsors stay, and then you run like that is pathetic. I think they've done an awful job, no matter how bad the crew chief is. Um, all i got to say is Larson wasn't running that bad when he was in the race car, so um, that team definitely needs to step it up. Well, it was interesting you bring him up because uh, last week at Indianapolis, he finished runner-up, and, and everybody was saying, wow, it was great to see Matt Kenseth up there, and it certainly was. He, and he finished 11th and 12th at Pocono, which isn't awful, you know, and it – a lot of people were saying, well, they're finally getting Matt Kenseth's feel for this race car. They're finally getting, you know, Kyle Larson's setups and, and changing them over to Matt Kenseth's setups. We're finally starting to see something, you know, Matt Kenseth starting to, to do a little bit better than what he was earlier in the year, and then Kentucky happened. Uh, and they weren't any good. He spun twice and just had some had a really, really bad day. Um, 
and I do, you know, the the problem with him when they hired him, you know, Matt admitted this on the radio. He said, listen, I, it's been harder than I thought it was. You know, without practice, and, and it was harder than I thought it was. When I, they hired Matt Kenseth, I said, wow, you know, that's a really good hire. He's a very, very talented race car driver, but he didn't have a lot of experience in, 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 these, in this package. In this package, you almost have to unlearn what, what you used to do because it's so prevalent on the draft, and it's so much different than when he was in his prime winning races in the Cup Series. So he's almost had to unlearn things he knows, and that's really, really difficult when you have guys who run in the Truck Series and have the, the experience of, of what the, sort of what this package is really really does, uh, and Kansas doesn't really have that. It's certainly been a lot different, and um, you know it, it has been a disappointment. But I don't. He's not going to be my get my choice here, guys. As far as somebody who's um, really struggled, and I'm going to go with Chris Busher. And to me, Rash in general, um, they've really struggled this year as a whole. I mean, Busher is now 20th in the standings. He's one point ahead of Ricky Stenhouse Jr who was in that car last year. And when they hired Luke Lambert and they got Ryan Newman and Chris Buescher, you were like, wow, this dude's really going to do well this year. Chris Buescher's done a, a lot of, of really good things. He did it. He had a great year last year. I mean, we all remember his, his consecutive top 20 finishes last year. And that 37 car, and everybody thought, well, that, he's overperforming in the 37. That's not really a, a premier team in the Cup Series. But Jack Roush, man, they're gonna, he's going to really take off and have a good year. Well, they've struggled. And before the pandemic – they were 14th in the standings. Right now, they sit 20th. Uh, they haven't run good at all. Charlotte was, was 10th place run. Pocono, 10th place run. And Talladega, 6th. That's their three top 10s since the pandemic, since they've returned from the pandemic. It's just been an absolute uh, disaster. And Newman's not running that good. And, and I know Newman missed part of the year, uh, three or four races early in the year because of the accident at Daytona. But he, when he's come back, Ryan Newman hasn't run good. So Rash is a whole has been very disappointing. They've been really down on speed. And I think the biggest problem, not even look at the finishes, but for both Ryan Newman and Chris Buescher, is their lack of stage points throughout the game. I mean, let's, let's put this in perspective. Ryan Newman last year had 14 top 10 finishes in 36 races. Through 14 races this year, Ryan Newman has one top 10 finish, and that was at Daytona 500. So they've really struggled. Both, both the uh, 6 and the 17 at Rash Fenway, have struggled this year, and, and there's something to keep an eye on there. you got to remember Graves won an uh, Xfinity Series championship with Chris Buescher, and um, uh, Luke Lamberts has a lot of experience with Ryan Newman. They could make a swap, but at this point, what are you swapping? Because both teams aren't running very good. So uh, Ross has some work to do here for the rest of 2020 if they want to turn things around. It starts with the uh, All-Star race here on Wednesday. But I want to focus on the Xfinity Series, guys. Um, I know we, we talked a lot about the Cup Series. want to focus on the Xfinity Series. But two races this weekend at Kentucky Speedway. Um, the, the first one was the Shady Rays 200 at Kentucky Speedway. It was won by Austin Sindrick. And the second one was um, the ASCO 300. Another one won by Austin Sindrick. Sindrick led 130 of the, of the second, 130 of the 200 laps in the second race. In the first race, he led 41 of the 136 laps. Really dominated all weekend, guys. Um, Spencer, I'll start with you. What were your thoughts on the both Xfinity Series races uh, and re- really stood out to you um, from both Xfinity Series races at Kentucky Speedway? 
Yeah, they weren't uh they weren't the best, I guess. Uh problem is I feel like the field was kind of spaced out. Yeah, you would have you'd have the leader. I mean, Austin Cindric would check out. Um and that's, you know, he had really fast race cars. Um both both races obviously. He ended up in victory lane both times, but the leader was just able to pull away um and get a really big lead. Uh and you know, you you would sit there and you have like seventh and eighth place guy battling, but I, the field was re- it wasn't a tight bunch um, of racing. It was kind of strung out. Uh, I thought the second race was a tad bit better than the first race, uh, but you know, I I would have liked to see definitely better racing. Uh, and then you know there was. You know, the guy, and there was guys that were consistent. You know, you had the college guys, they were consistent both races. Um, but it was really hard to beat that 22 um, both days. I mean, they came with to the racetrack with two different setups both days in one. And, you know, that kind of says something to their uh, 22 team and what the guys do at the shop for, you know, Austin and um, that whole crew over there to come to the racetrack with two different setups and kick everybody's butt um, both days. You know, that, that means you're pretty strong. And you don't have to win a race with just one setup. So, uh, great job to those guys. You know, finally wins on a regular uh, racetrack, not a road course. But other than that, the races were a tad boring to me. Um, there was some excitement after um, race two, I believe it was, that we'll probably talk about here in a little bit. But um, other than that, I thought the the fight between Grexit and uh, um, Burton was more exciting than the races were. So, I'm glad they're out of contention. <laughs> yeah, they're really. That was really the excitement of the weekend was the the uh, accident between uh, Noah Gregson and, and Harrison Burton, and it ended up with uh, Burton and, and Gregson sort of scuffling at the end of the race. Um, how about you, Philip? I mean, was that the story of your weekend too, as far as Xfinity was concerned? Really, Cedric going out and proving that you know we've all kind of put Chase Briscoe in the championship run and, and Chase had a, had a fine weekend. You know, he called it his worst racetrack and he finished fourth and second. So that's pretty darn good. Uh, those two days. And, um, you know, it's here comes Cindric now when these two oval races, did he put himself in a championship conversation? Uh, what were your thoughts on, on both Xfinity series races this weekend at Kentucky? Yeah. Gumby went out there and, and did work. I mean, Kentucky has been a track where <clears throat> Penske, has done really well, not just in the XNE side, but on the cup side with Brad. Uh, I think Logano's one there too with Penske. Uh, but you have Ryan Blaney won his first XNE race for Penske there. Uh, I think Kev, Keselowski also has won there. So, I mean, it's kind of a perfect storm. You figure Sindrick was due to win on an oval eventually. So, Hey, finally did it. Um, he has inserted himself into this deal. Now they like the big three. They love talking about big three. Harrison Burton's been iffy, inconsistent, being a rookie, you know, and, you know, getting his butt whipped by Noah Gregson too. So he probably has a concussion. His mom's probably going to be crying. It'll be great. But, you know when it when it comes to when it comes to the, the Briscoe has a, a not a weekend that we expect based on what he's been doing accumulates a lot of points. He's trying to win that regular season title. 
Gregson is in that run. But now Austin Sindrick, with the amount of points he earned during those two races, has put himself into that regular season championship uh, uh, discussion. And so, hey, we, we will find out. I don't know what the layout of it's questionable or after Texas. I, we have to question what some of the races they announced, if they're going to run based on certain things going on with uh, COVID. But um, it, it could lay out very well to where the Ford guys, the two Ford guys in this series, will, will be able to battle for this championship, um, honestly. And then it'll be whoever else wants to go and put themselves in there. Um, but any credit to Sindrick uh, on going out there, winning both those races in dominant fashion on a horrible racetrack. And um, Gregson is going to be doing that a lot. He's He should probably sign up for the UFC because he's got a lot of people <laughs> he's going to be fighting. So um, he should start getting promoted properly. Um, and uh, make sure he makes some money off. Yeah, listen, there's no. Uh, apparently, uh, Harrison Burton said he had a lot of people walk up to him and say, Yeah, we've been kind of want, wanting to do that to him all year as well. He's a very aggressive driver, Noah, there's no question. Uh, and so, you know, you're going to ruffle some feathers doing that. But let me give you the top 12 in the Xfinity Series points since that's what we take in the playoffs. And then there is a little bit of a battle going on. I'll explain that when we run to the truck series. Chase uh, Briscoe's your points leader, as I mentioned. Now it's no, then it's no Gregson, Austin Sindrick, uh, Ross Chastain is fourth, Justin Haley, Harrison Burton, Justin Aldire, Michael Annette, uh, Brandon Jones, and Riley Herbst, the top ten. Then it's Ryan Sieg in 11th, who's really fallen off here lately, and Brandon Brown in 12th. And, he, you know, he was able to, to really have a strong weekend, Brandon Brown, and capitalize on a not-so-good weekend for Mike Snyder, Myatt's really going to capitalize on his RC, the races he has for RCR left. Um, you know, because right now he's 14 points back of Brandon Brown, and Jeremy Clements is 16 points back of Myatt Snyder. So that's not too far. Uh, Alfredo and Hemrick are next. They are both running part-time. Then you have uh, Alex LeBay, who's currently 17th in points. Uh, he'd be the next guy behind Clements, though, as far as the playoffs are concerned, since he's run all the races. Um, but, you know, really it's starting to be a little bit of a battle there. We'll keep our eye on that as the Xfinity Series moves to Texas Motor Speedway. That's their next event uh, over the weekend uh, at Texas Motor Speedway. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how that all plays out. NASCAR, Gander Outdoor and RV Truck Series event from Kentucky Speedway. This was a Saturday event, uh, and it ended due to rain. I mean, it feels like every weekend we have some sort of issue with the weather. It's unbelievable. And the Truck Series race was shortened to 71 laps, um, and 25 of those laps were under caution. But uh, it ended up with Sheldon Creed in victory lane and the Chevy Associates uh, Chevrolet with Brandon Ben Rose in second, excuse me, Matt Craft in third, Johnny Soto fourth, Austin Hill, Christian Eckes, Zane Smith, Derek Cross, Tanner Gray, and Todd Gilliland, the top ten. Spencer, what do you think of the Truck Series event? Um, a lot of cautions, a lot of wrecks. It seemed like there were some random guys in the, in the Truck Series race uh, that had some issues, and um, – it really slowed the race down. Like I said, of the 71 laps they ran, uh, 25 of them were under caution. So that's really uh, just about 40-something laps they ran under green on a really tough racetrack. Uh, what were your thoughts on the Truck Series event from uh, Kentucky Speedway? 
Definitely a lot of Rick, that was for sure. Um, yeah, unfortunately, as you mentioned, it seems like every week we have something to do with, you know, lightning or you know, tons of rain. Uh, we just can't seem to get away with it. Unfortunately, we didn't we didn't get to see the whole race play out played out. Um, I'd love to see them boys go all the way to the checkered flag. Uh, probably had would have had different results, but um, you know there was a lot of guys with some fast trucks, really good trucks. Um, but yeah, I mean Sheldon Creed comes away with his first win. Um, not much to talk about really since it was a rain short and you can't you never you know some guys are better towards the end of the race. Um, yeah, a lot of wrecks, a lot of cautions. So we didn't really see a lot of uh, green flag racing, um, unfortunately. But you know, I think Sheldon Creed is a great race car driver. He's a decent race car driver. Um, you know, has a championship in the ARCA series. Uh, so I mean, he, he, you know, he makes some bold moves. Uh, you know, we saw him take it three wide and almost win. You know, I forget what racetrack it was. But congrats to him and GMS. You know, they bring fast race trucks. It's a big organization. And um, they have a lot of – they have a lot of – every a lot of their guys that are run over there are, um, you know, they have – they're you know, they're, they're pretty decent. You know, Zane Smith was another guy that uh, had a really good truck. He put on Twitter that he hates um, how his race came out. He wished he would have, you know, had a better day and was able to run it to the end. But those guys, they bring good equipment. Uh, and, you know, that's what you need to win races. And, unfortunately, he was in the right spot when that counted. So, he locked himself he locked himself in the playoffs now and has a win under his belt. So, uh, congrats to him. Yeah, I think that the biggest story for me from, from that race was the speed from GMS Racing. Uh, Moffitt led 26 laps. He was up front. Zane Smith, we've seen Zane Smith really have a strong year this year. And, of course, Sheldon Creed leading 20 laps and winning. They were really the, the guys that uh, – with the teams to beat, with the team to beat, really all 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 night there at Kentucky. But somebody else had a really big weekend, and and they really needed it. Was Matt Kraft and Philip? Uh, we talked earlier in the week about how much he had struggled and how much Thor Sport has been struggling a little bit. And uh, Matt Crafton figured it out, you know, and he's seven points to the good right now and and twelfth in the standings. But really, what was important from that eighty-eight truck was they got a lot of stage points. He was fast all night. And he really stopped the bleeding. Um, and you know, right now he's he's in the good. And if he can pull off a couple of, of, of weekends like he had this weekend, he'll be in good shape. But there's still a couple of guys outside the top 12 that have been a sort of of a surprise. Uh, Rafael Lasard's in there, started freezing again, was screaming about how bad his truck was. Tom Majeski had another tough weekend. Um, but to me, Matt Crafton was the guy who really needed to have a strong weekend, and and finally did, Philip. Yeah, for I mean, when you consider how long it's been for Crafton winning a race and him winning the championship with no wins last year, he'd had a horrible, you know, luck hasn't been on his side. So for him to go and get a third-place finish, uh, you call a Thor Sport 2, 3, and 4 uh, finish there in limited uh, laps, of course, Um it, that's a good deal for them. Sauter's been leaking points all year as well. Uh, they couldn't even pass inspection pre-race, so they lost points uh, on the 13 truck. Uh, so, I mean, that's a good deal for Crafton. He's still kind of out there. 
um, has to gain some more points. Uh, they're battling really um, outside of Ben Rhodes, and and Ben Rhodes has done a lot of points accumulation. hasn't won yet. Uh, he's he looks to be okay right now. And of course, Grant Enfinger is all right because he's won two races. So. He's definitely going to be in the playoffs. He's one of only three drivers that has playoff points right now that are regulars. So Enfinger uh, is in, all good. Him and Jeff Hensley are preparing for whatever the playoff is going to look like. But, um, I mean, it's cool to see. Uh, I mean, GMS didn't know where they were. They were kind of in flux last year, running Xfinity, not really half-heartedly doing it with John Honor and then running the trucks, and then they didn't end up winning anyway on the truck side, and then they got rid of the Xfinity program. Now the Hour Motorsport 02 is kind of using that equipment, and Brett Moffitt's driving for them. They're doing okay. Moffitt has struggled this year. He was a title favorite coming up, and, and of course, the leg, breaking both of his legs, all that during COVID. So who knows? Maybe they're going to go and take off here as the season starts getting going a little bit more. Ankrum's been all right. Um, Zane Smith's been the big uh, surprise here and the kind of talent and potential he's shown. Uh, he looked like a, a, a person that could have won there. But Sheldon Creed, he's Robbie Gordon's protege. Um, he's aggressive. He's, he's really tough. I think he should have won Pocono based on the moves he was making in one of those stages. So finally getting that win, I think this is going to open the floodgates for him and Jeff Stankiewicz and that whole um, GMS team to finally get him over the hump because Sheldon Creed's a, Sheldon Creed's a beast in waiting, and he has a lot of those tendencies of Robbie Gordon. And honestly, I think it's it's a good thing that he's winning. It's going to make the rest of this season a lot more interesting here in the truck series now. Yeah, and, and of course, egregious error by, my, by me saying Crafton's in the playoffs because he's not. He's obvi- they obviously take ten in the truck series. I had my mind on the Xfinity series. I apologize. So the top ten in the points uh, in the truck series: Austin Hill leads, then it's Sheldon Creed, Ben Rhodes, Christian Eckes, Grant Enfinger. Sixth is Zane Smith, Todd Gilliland, Brett Moffitt, uh, Tyler Ankrum, and Johnny Sauter. That right now would be the cutoff. At tenth and below that, there are a few names I mentioned them earlier, uh, but there Derek Krause, who's had a pretty good year. That's a first tr- year Truck Series team running full time for the first year. Uh, not a great season for sure, but he's got a lot of talent, and I'll be interested to see how he does the rest of this year. Matt Crafton's twelfth. Uh, like I said, he had a really good weekend this weekend. Got got a bunch of stage points, which is needed, but he's nineteen points behind the cutoff right now. Then there's Tanner Gray, Stuart Friesen, uh, Rafael Lassard. And Ty Majeski, who's 16th, and Spencer Davis to miss the race, so he won't be able to uh, to make the playoffs. And Jordan Anderson, Cody Robal, and uh, Corey Roper, that's your top 20 for the truck series. All those guys below Majeski really don't have a shot. Majeski's going to have to win. It's really unfortunate. I, you know, this 45 team, they're running pretty good, and it just seemed like that last run was the worst they were. And uh, they lost a lot of spots, and maybe an adjustment away from being a top 10 truck, but. Unfortunately, the rain came and, and knocked them out. That's just been their luck this year uh, for that 45 team. And we'll see if, if these motorsports can, you know, uh, get him in the playoffs or not. It'll be very interesting to see. And trucks run to Texas this weekend as well. Really wish trucks would figure out a way to get them on short tracks. Uh, I don't really care what it would take because 
you know, the truck series was um, a short track series, and now it just seems like we're running too many mile-and-a-half tracks. Okay, guys, I uh, want to get your opinion on the all-star race here. You know, obviously, when you look at what, what's going on, that is the big story. This weekend, it's a Wednesday night race, first time in history. It's Wednesday night, first time since 1986. It's going to be a, at a racetrack other than Charlotte Motor Speedway. Uh, let, let's talk about the uh, the all-star race first as far as um, what the stages are concerned. So we obviously have the Open. They call, they're calling it the NASCAR Open. The NASCAR Open is three segments, 35 laps, 35 laps, and 15 laps. The leader at the end of those three segments uh, will be will advance to the all-star race. So if you're the leader at the end of the first 35, you're in the all-star race. At the end of the second 35, you go to the All-Star Race. and the end of the, 50, the last 15, you also go to the All-Star Race. Plus, we're going to have the fan vote winner as well. Whoever wins the fan vote, uh, that will be four, four drivers from the Open to transfer into the All-Star Race. Then the All-Star Race is four stages. 55 laps, stage one. 35 laps, stage two. 35 laps, stage three. And 15 laps in stage four. Uh, green flag and yellow flag laps will count through stages one and three. And only green flag laps We'll count, we'll count on the final stage. Unlimited 10 set of green, white, checkered finish, of course, because we can't have cars, uh, you know, run at 60 miles an hour for whatever reason. But anyway, um, the choose call will be rule, will be rule will be used as well, which is something that's going to be very interesting. So uh, let me, you know, I know this is sort of spitballing it, and let me just refresh everybody's memories as far as who's in the open. I'm going to give you a starting lineup for the open real quick. 22 drivers. Then I'm going to get the picks from from Philip. And a pick from Spencer as far as who's going to advance, who's going to win each stage, who's going to win a fan vote, and then we'll give you the winner for the all-star race. But let me uh, give you the, the open starting lineup. Michael, This is by random draw, so if you're wondering how they created the starting lineup, it's by random draw. Michael McDowell is on a pole. Eric Amarol is second. Christopher Bell third. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is fourth. Tyler Reddick's going to start fifth. Bubba Wallace sixth. William Byron seventh. Chris Buescher eighth. Clint Boyer is starting ninth, and Matt DiBenedetto tenth. They're going to be interesting to watch. Short races here at at, um, at Bristol Motor Speedway. They're starting kind of deep in the field in this field. Austin Dillon as well in 11th, Ryan Priest 12th. Then you have the really what I call, would call the rest. Uh, John Hunter is going to start 20th. He, uh, he's got a chance in Ty Dillon 21st. they got some chances in Corey Joy. they got a better chance in, than Smithley, Poole, and Hal. Uh, Timmy Hill withdrew from the event, so he won't be able to run. So really, just 21 cars. Um, so now that we did that, guys, Philip, I'm going to start with you. Give me your three drivers you think will advance from the Open and who will be the fan vote uh, to go to the All-Star Race. I'll say, I mean, in no particular order, uh, I'll say Al Marola, uh, Chris Bell, and Tyler Reddick will uh, advance as uh, stage winners, and Bubba will um, advance through the fan vote. Um, of course, if Bubba, so he's up there right now. He's only starting six, so it's possible he could advance. He did it last year uh, at Charlotte. He advanced uh, through one of the stages. Uh, at that point, I think Dee Burrito gets the um, – a fan vote, I think, at that point. I forget what the the top ten is, but um, that's what it would. That's what I think right now. I think that's what it would be for Michael. Interesting. And something to keep in mind, and not to, and I hope I don't 
take this as a shot at Bubba Wallace because it's not. It's just the fact that we're at Bristol Motor Speedway this week. Um, the, the fan vote driver has to has to have a car that goes to the open. So if you crash, um, and you know they're not going to let you roll out a backup if you're a fan vote driver. And I think with how aggressive these guys can get, um, you know, I think it's very possible we could see some accidents. Um, how about you, Spencer? Who do you think? Will advance. Give me your three that will advance, and then the uh, fan vote winner. Uh, I'm going to go with the 10, the 95, and the 21, I believe, will um, advance. And the fan vote is obviously going to be Bubba Wallace. Not that I have a problem with that. I just wish people would vote based off performance. And if that was the case, Tyler Reddick should get in, uh, no doubt. But unfortunately, that's not how things work. And the 43 will be your fan vote winner. Interesting. Well, yeah, there's a few guys. You know, the fan vote's never really been about performance. Uh, you know, Danica got used it. I mean, Kenny Schrader was the first one when he was at. I think he was the first one. Or Kenny Wallace and Kyle Petty in, in the past. So it's been, it's been really uh, a, sort of a, a collection of guys uh, and, and drivers in the past as well. So yeah, I think Bubba's going to get it too. There's no, there's no question he, he's hot, but he's had a really good year, and I would really love to see that 43 car in that. Um, in that all-star race, I hate the paint schemes, but that, we won't get on that. Um, but I think as far as advancing, to me, the guy who's got the best shot at it is going to be Matt, uh, Matthew Benedetto. Look at his track record at Bristol. I know they really struggled there. They had, I think they got an accident there with uh, in the fall, in, in the first race there. But, you know, we all remember his run last uh, August where he finished second. Before that, he was 12th at Levine Family. He's had uh, two top twenty finish, three top twenty finishes when he was at B, uh, two top twenties at BK, and then a nineteenth place finish at the thirty two car. This is one of his better racetracks, and um, that's one of where they seem to be really hitting on a, on a few things. I think um, Di Benedetto is going to be in there. I think Amarola is going to get in. There's no question about that. And the third guy I'm going to go with, I'm going to go. Believe it or not, I'm going to go with Clint Boyer. Uh, he's a short tracker. Uh, I think Stuart Haas has found some things here recently, so I think Clint Boyer. Is going to get in the fan vote. I think is going to be um, Bubba Wallace. So we'll we'll discuss now the All Star Race, the main event, uh, the feature, whatever you want to call it, from the uh, All Star Race, and uh, give you the steering lineup quick there as well. Obviously, um, the fan vote is going to start twentieth. The stage three winner is going to start nineteenth. The stage two winner is going to start eighteenth, and stage one will start seventeenth. So they they got right now we know the top sixteen as far as who's starting where. Martin Tricks Jr. is on your poll. Alex Bowman starts second. Ryan Blaney third. Justin Haley's in this race. He starts fourth. He's running the 77 for Spire Motorsports. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of effort that's going to be. Um, you know, he won last year at, at Daytona in July, so that's why he's in the event. Kevin Harvick starts fifth. Matt Kenseth is in starting sixth. He's a former All-Star race winner, uh, so he gets in through that. Kurt Busch starts seventh. Cole Custer eighth. Brad Kozlowski, ninth, Kyle Busch, 10th. Then it's Ryan Newman, another former All-Star race winner. And 11th, Joey Logano, 12th. Chase Elliott, 13th. Jimmy Johnson, 14th. Denny Hamlin, 15th. And Eric Jones, um, 16th. That is the starting lineup for the All-Star race. Uh, a little bit of a different case. And we'll, before we end, I want to get you know your take on what you think we're going to see here. But uh, I'll start with you, Phil, uh, Spencer, since I started with Philip last time. Who do you think is going to win? Who's your pick to win this All-Star race at Pinsky Motor Speedway? Uh, I have, well, first, I think it's going to be wild. You know, it's an all-star race at Bristol. And, you know, it's crazy 
for a, at a points race at Bristol. So um, I have two guys in mind. I think uh, either Ryan Blaney or Kurt Busch. Kurt, the Bush brothers are amazing at this racetrack. Um, and Kurt, he's had a decent year. He ain't been too bad. Um, but I would either say the 12 or the 1. I If I had to pick between two of those, I guess I'll narrow it down to the 12. Um, just because he's, he's runs pretty good at Bristol and he's had an amazing year. He's been fast. And so those probably Blaney over Kurt, but just those two guys stand out to me. How about you, Philip? You got a favorite here. Uh, it's a short track. A lot of these guys come from a short track background. Um, who you got winning this all-star race? See, I was going to go with Kurt Busch, but then Spencer went and said it. And I'm like, oh, great. So, great um, mind for life. Exactly, it's true. That's why we're all together. Um, it's you know, I, I I'm just gonna get I'm gonna go crazy here. Whatever, who cares? It's, it, Kyle Busch has won eight eighteen thousand races there. Why? Why? And he hasn't won all year. And he's all mad and angry about everything. And now Brexton's driving go karts, and he's all happy. So so we'll we'll have Kyle Busch going in at Bristol. Why? Well, why not? Um, it, it wouldn't be shocking, and uh, he's all angry and mad. So let him go and do that. We'll, we'll go with Kyle Busch. I think I think I'm just going to keep on picking Kyle Busch until he finally wins, and then I'm just going to keep on picking because it's easy. It, it's the easy thing. We used to do that here on the show last year. I, I'll, I'm just going to pick Kyle Busch until he freaking wins. There, at some point, the guy is going to have to win a cup race. So I'm, I'm going to do it for Wednesday. It, it makes sense. Well, and, and here's something that, you know, uh, I'm not sure we really thought about. And with this pandemic and everything, Kyle's, compl- you know, I, I think the lack of practice has really hurt that 18 team. And, you know, he's on a full race now at Bristol since the pandemic. So they have some notes to fall back on. Say, here's what didn't, here's what worked, here's what didn't work. So they might be able to now, with a race under their belt, say, hey, um, we know what we did at Bristol didn't work last time or it did work last time. Here's what we know. Here's what went wrong. We're going to take everything we can get uh, and then throw it into this race car because Bristol's going to be a race that, you know, we're going to see it again here later in the year as well. So uh, if everything goes according to plan. So, um, yeah, I think it's, it's certainly he's got an opportunity to pull off a win. Um, But before we end the show, I just want to get both of you guys' opinions on one more thing here. Um, What are you most looking forward to? Philip, from this All-Star race, there's a lot of different things. You've got the numbers on the on the side of the car have moved under glow lighting now for the cars that are locked into the All-Star race. Um, you know, Bristol Motor Speedway, the first time we've seen an All-Star race outside of Charlotte since 86. First time ever at Bristol Motor Speedway. What are you most looking forward to uh, Wednesday night for this All-Star race? I mean, we could be funny and I could – I would like to be funny and say I want the Fast and the Furious underglow being the thing that I want to look forward to so much, but it's it's really the fact that they're going to be running a short track 750 package at, for a million dollars. I mean, for most of these guys, a million dollars doesn't matter, but it's a short track race, middle of the week. 30,000 people are going to be at Bristol all spread out around the whole entire crowd. There's going to be argy-bargy going on. It's going to be intense. It's what the all-star race needs. Uh, It's liable to get really crazy, which is what we want. 
should get a good rating and all that. I it, I just like the fact it's going to be at a short track. This is what the what racing should be about: intensity, short track racing, hard nosed people getting mad. This is what we want, and um, I, I'm looking forward to. Uh, you know, God willing, we'll be able to race Wednesday everywhere NASCAR goes at rain. So hopefully it won't rain in Bristol and uh, we'll be able to have a, a nice all-star race minus the ugly feet. <laughs> yeah, uh, I haven't checked the weather, but I, I'm i with you. I, gosh, it's been crazy how bad the uh, the weather has been in for the Cup Series this year. Um, how about you, Spencer? Is there something you're looking forward to? I mean, Personally, you know, I don't care about the lighting underneath the cars, and and the numbers drive me crazy. I'm old school. I probably imagine with change when it comes to that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, the All Star race to me has really lost a lot of luster, and I'll explain it after you of what I would hope to do with this All Star race here in the future. But uh, what are you most looking forward to on on Wednesday night here? Yeah, um, the fact that it is a short track. Uh, the only thing that's going to be weird is it not running at Charlotte. You know, Charlotte is, it's been there for, you know, as you know, I'm 22 years old and I, you know, I've basically been a fan since, you know, I was born. I mean, I was, I was born when they had the Daytona race in the fall because of the fires back in 98. Um, so, you know, I've, I've watched, I've been around it and it's been at Charlotte ever since I can remember, um, you know, my whole life. Um, you know, and, you know, it's home and NASCAR besides Daytona, you know, the offices are here. Um, so it, that's the only weird thing that you're going to, and plus it not being already ran, you know, we're watching the race also race here in July. It's usually ran in May. So, um, but the, the big positive is it is being a short track is going to bring a lot of excitement, beating and banging, um, the asking to those cars squatting when they go around those high bank turns at Bristol, it's, it's just a fun racetrack, you know, um, Bristol is, you know, really brings out real racing and I, and I enjoy it, uh, short track racing a lot. The lights, I don't really care too. I think it's a waste of money. Um, quite honestly, if I was a car owner, I'd be pissed. And then, uh, the, you know, and I'm a, I got an old soul, you know, I'm 22 years old with an old school soul. Um, I think the numbers on the door is where a number belongs. Uh, but it, I do understand that it is a possible thing to bring newer sponsors and more money to the sport, which I think is amazing. I think that uh, is what the sport, you know, as many sponsors as we get in the sport, the better. And I think we can all three agree with that. Without sponsors, we and yeah. you know, these cars wouldn't be able to go around the racetrack. Um, that's just, you know, that's that's just how it is. Uh, you know, it's a business, and I think that is a positive with the um, numbers being put, but I don't like it, you know, just cause it's good. Don't mean I don't like it, but um, those two things, you know, were bothering me. The number placement bothered me when it first was announced. Now it's just kind of like, whatever, I can't do anything about it. So um, I'm, I'm ready to watch uh, Wednesday night racing at Bristol and knowing it's an all-star race and that it checkers the records, no points, no nothing. So um, let's have at it. Yeah. I just checked the weather and, and I know Philip did too. Um, it looks pretty clear, 10% chance of rain. Uh, but, you know, you never know in the next two days, all of a sudden, a month, who knows with how this season's gone. But um, I, I'll say this about the All-Star Race. You guys hit the nail on the head. First of all, I feel like it needed a, a, some, a jolt of energy in it as far as 
a new racetrack. I, listen, I understand that the teams are in Charlotte. The fan, the family loves to, they love to, to be there. Uh, the team aspect of it, the whole event, Charlotte Motor Speedway did a great job. There's no question about it. But this all-star race to me in 2020 is going to be very, very special. And that's what this all-star race should be about because, to me, we should have more short tracks. I mean, I was talking to Philip offline before the show, and there's that new short track series coming up. And really my hope for that whole series, and I, I'm, I'm going to be a fan of it, is that maybe it can breathe life into some of these short tracks, give them some money to where maybe NASCAR can consider going there to some of these big-time short tracks because we just need so many short – we need so many more short tracks on the NASCAR schedule. It's crazy. And that's – Part of my fear here is they're going to move it around now and go to a road course and, and do all kinds of nonsense. To me, this sport was built off of short tracks. It should be at Bristol every year. Why not? It's an IS, it's an SMI track. It's a great race track. It's something that you know I think the fans would, in, in Bristol, Tennessee, would absolutely support. Um, it should be at Bristol all year, and I think this is what this All Star race needed because. To me, it was it's been it's been long overdue, at least ten years. The package on a mile and a half has been a disaster recently. They put these teams in so far, so much of a box they can't do anything. Uh, nobody brings a, a really good race car to win the All Star race anymore because it didn't really matter. They, they really treated it as a test session for the six hundred. So now it's a completely different scenario, uh, and I like that a lot. So hopefully, here in the future, in the next five or six years we see that Bristol and it continues to be a marquee event because that all-star race to me was just getting very, very tiresome at Charlotte Motor Speedway. And I hope that we can keep it there for 2021, 2022, 2023, and, and so forth. Because to me, that's that's ultimately, you know, the the, the most unique and, and most stadium-like atmosphere on this, on this circuit is Bristol Motor Speedway. And that's where the all-star race should be held. And it's not that far from Charlotte. So it's not like these teams can't make the trip either, so um, it would be awesome to see it there. Well, I want to thank everybody for listening and talking in circles tonight. We're excited for the All-Star Race. We'll watch that on Wednesday. We'll be sure you guys will, too, and we'll see you then. Good night, everybody.